0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You are listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, June 30th, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames, and this is Raven News. Two people were transported to the hospital early Thursday morning after their car rolled in the parking lot near the old Sitka boat launch. Sitka dispatch received an automated 911 call shortly before 3 a.m. from one of the passengers' cell phones. Fire Chief Craig Warren says first responders on scene found a Mercedes 220 sedan resting on its roof in the overflow parking lot of the boat launch. Two males were removed from the vehicle and sent by ambulance to Mount Medical Center with non-life-threatening injuries. A spokesperson for the Sitka Police Department says the incident is under investigation and that alcohol is suspected to have played a role. Sitkins had the opportunity to weigh in on new proposed taxi and shuttle regulations on Wednesday night. The Sitka Police and Fire Commission at its meeting that night discussed a draft ordinance that could change how taxis, shuttles, and other commercial passenger vehicles are regulated in Sitka. KCAW's Meredith Reddick reports.
1: City Administrator John Leach sponsored the draft ordinance, which would expand the section of city code that regulates taxis to include tour and shuttle vehicles. It would also change the fee structures associated with permitting and insuring these vehicles. While the assembly will ultimately decide whether to pass the ordinance, the police chief sets taxi permits and rates. Under the proposed ordinance, taxis and shuttles or tour vehicles would receive separate, incompatible endorsements. That means that a vehicle operating as a shuttle would not be allowed to pick up or drop off passengers outside of designated areas. Leach says the goal of that change is to make sure that visitors know what kind of service they're getting.
2: When I said, uh, let's say I'm, I'm Joe Tourist and I walk out the door and I say, hey, I just got here on this cruise ship uh, and you're sitting over here with a car that says taxi on the top of it. Can you give me a ride? I heard about this Bears place. I'd mm-hmm. like to go down there. And that person says, we're not offering taxi rides right now, but if you give me, I don't know, I'm picking a random price, $100, I'll give you a tour to head down there
1: the proposed changes come amid other controversy about Sitka's tax code. A local company filed a lawsuit against the city this spring, alleging that the police chief was arbitrarily enforcing regulations. Taxi and tour operators have been pushing for higher rates. Locals say they can't get a taxi when they need one. And Leach says he's received complaints from visitors.
2: I mean, locals, the complaint I get is when I need a taxi, they're not there. Um, Believe it or not, I get emails from folks out of town who may have visited here or came here on a cruise and it'll say your transportation is horrible, uh, I couldn't get a taxi or I tried to get a taxi and I was told that I don't do taxis uh, but I'll give you a, a, a tour to the place um, and they would negotiate a, a rate. Um, so it, it, I do hear about that quite often.
1: In public comment, Michelle Martin, who runs Martin's Taxi and Tours, expressed frustration with the amount of red tape for operators under the current code.
3: It's like, in reading this code that that you send out, we're being treated like little teenagers. Like, you've got to have this.
1: Leach cites liability as a reason for regulation.
2: In terms of public safety, um, you know, we really have to consider somebody getting a used 15-passenger van and uh, stamping a a tour sign on the side of it and and operating because they're not really covered in our existing code.
1: Commission Uh, member James Malima noted that increased regulations for taxi and tour operators could make it harder for them to operate in a community where taxis are already scarce.
2: We're entering into um, something that um, is going to um, make it more difficult for small companies in Sitka to um, provide the services that we both want and need.
1: The Wednesday meeting kicked off a discussion that is likely to continue over the next few months. Assembly liaison Tim Pike emphasized that the public would have more opportunities to weigh in during the process. Um,
0: I think just uh, listening to these comments, it's clear that the code that we have now is not working um, as well as it could, and uh, and leaving it alone, I don't know, is going to be the only an option that we can do, because there's missing pieces that we uh, we it sounds like that we need to to look at. So through this process, uh, that's what I hope we'll find out. We'll find out what we what we do now that is good and we should keep.
1: The next currently scheduled opportunity for public comment is at the next commission meeting on July 26. Leach said they will consider scheduling a town hall in addition to allow for more public comment. Written comments can be submitted to the Assembly or to the Sitka Police Department. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick.
0: The commercial season for king salmon, or Chinook, in southeast Alaska opens on Saturday, July 1st. For trollers across the region, it's the equivalent of New Year's Day the beginning of the annual salmon harvest that lasts through next March. For 50 anxiety-filled days this spring, it appeared that this fishery would not happen. On May 2nd, a federal judge in Washington ordered fishing closed to make more kings available to an endangered population of killer whales in Puget Sound. On June 21st, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court issued a stay of that order and allowed trollers to fish as usual while the case remains under appeal. Photojournalist Barrett Wilbur grew up in Sitka deckhanding aboard her family's trawler. She recently returned and spent a couple of afternoons visiting the docks, photographing and talking to trollers as they readied for the opening. As she explains to KCAW's Robert Woolsey, Wilbur found mixed emotions among the fleet.
3: I think many people were excited and relieved that this fishery, which makes up often you know, 40% of their income, even if it's just a few weeks of fishing each year that they could still do this. I mean, for a fishing family, it, that's a big, that's a big dent in your bank account. And so, I think there's a lot of relief in terms of the economic value of the fish that people are going to be able to go out and and make the money that they expect and need to make to kind of fulfill their needs. But I think there's also there's frustration, there's disbelief. I mean, there's people who thinking that they weren't going to be fishing July 1st, ripped out their hydraulic system to rebuild it, or people who rejiggered their boats and put on longline gear and decided to go longlining instead and just don't really have time to reconfigure everything to rush out for kings and... I talked to one fisherman who said that his wedding anniversary, I think, is July 3rd, and he and his wife had made plans to celebrate for the first time in, you know, decades their wedding anniversary together in person because he was always out fishing, and suddenly now that was off the table again.
0: You mentioned people have been fishing years and years and years. There are portraits of um, Chester Jackson, who's um, 83. There's uh, Steve McMurray. He's on the Seahorse. There's Spence Severson, who's on the Dryas. These guys have seen a lot over the years, but they have never seen anything like this lawsuit and the roller coaster ride that it's given people. What was it like talking to these guys? <laughs>
3: I mean, I love talking to fishermen and I love hearing what they are thinking. And I think after growing up on boats, you know, it's a, to me, talking about fish and talking about the fishing industry and talking about fish politics is a real part of coming home. And so I really enjoyed talking to them. And I think the stories that you hear that people are willing to share, even just with, you know, with a stranger with a camera like I am, I'm, maybe not quite a stranger because I am somewhat recognizable. Like I've been on the dock before and I'm wearing extra tufts and it's not like I'm a tourist down there in my poncho. But the the level of detail that people are willing to talk about, they take fishing so personally. I mean, especially trolling, which one of the guys I talked to, Chester called it the, the most inefficient method of fishing possible. And it's kind of nicknamed the gentleman's fishery for that reason. Your relationship with fish and with the ocean is such an important part of what it means to make a living and to have that kind of taken away from you by a judge unexpectedly is just really painful for people. I mean, and, and some of these guys have been fishing for a long, long time. Chester talked to me about his stories about escaping from a native boarding school in the lower 48 when he was 15 and working his way back up across the country to get back to Alaska to, to start fishing. And when he started, you know, it was before Alaska was a state and you just had to buy one permit and you could fish for everything kind of in any manner you wanted. And and you just think about how, how many changes people like him have seen during their lifetime of fishing. And it's incredible.
0: You have an image of uh, Chris Carroll. And Carroll told you something interesting about now that killer whales have been thrown into this mix. It's sort of created a false dichotomy that somehow it's... Trollers or killer whales.
3: This was a, a feeling that people expressed a lot was this feeling of frustration that this lawsuit has created an image in the mind of the public, especially people maybe outside Alaska who aren't interacting as much or aren't seeing the real relationship that fishermen have with whales having those moments where you unexpectedly see a whale or unexpectedly see the dorsal fin of a killer whale cutting through the water in the morning as you're pulling the anchor like those are some of the most special magical moments that people love to fish for i mean that's part of the reason that they want to work on the water is to have these relationships with marine mammals and i think this lawsuit creates this fiction that it's either fishermen or whales and the thing that Chris said to me is he was really frustrated by that idea because at the end of the day, we're all eating the same fish, you know. And to set up this conflict as somehow being about tr- fishermen versus whales, I think, really is ignoring the, the bigger picture of really big changes in the ecosystem that are affecting fish, fishermen and whales all together at the same time.
0: That was photojournalist Barrett Wilbur speaking with KCAW's Robert Woolsey. You can see Wilbur's photo essay on Sidka's Trollers on our website, kcaw.org. I'm Andrew Hames, and this has been Raven News.